So there are trends and fads that tend to come and go, aren't there? And for someone who has, as Jamie put it, more life experience than others, I've seen some amazing trends come and go, right? I, how many of you were in the 70s, you saw pet rocks? Remember that dumb thing? Oh my goodness. That was a trend. And Cabbage Patch Kids in the 80s, that was a thing. Even Tickle Me Elmo dolls, right? That was December of 1996. They were flying off the shelves. People couldn't get enough of these furry little red things that moved, they shook. And, it, and you could buy one in a store for $30. Uh, of course, if you couldn't find one, you could buy one from a scalper who was reselling it for over $1,000. But it was nuts. And then, of course, there are other trends that have come and gone, too. Uh, remember the thing called Palm Pilots? Remember how many of you had a Palm Pilot or a Blackberry? Any of you guys? Or, or maybe MP3 players. That's a little bit more recent. We had iPods and Zunes. And those have all been replaced by these, our smartphones and Spotify. Trends come and go. Fads come and go. But there are certain truths that endure. And today, as we start this series called Faithful, I'm sorry, Timeless, we're going to look not only at God's faithfulness in these different people in the Old Testament who have demonstrated different character traits, but we're going to look at how those character traits are timeless and, and how God wants us to, um, how he wants us to build and put to practice those same character traits in our life. So today we're going to look at Noah and his faith, and then we're going to look next week at Deborah and her courage. Then we're going to look at uh, Daniel and in his integrity, Abraham and his obedience, Jehoshaphat and his humility, and King David and his godliness. So I hope you come back week after week because we're going to dive into each of these different Old Testament people and their timeless character traits that they displayed that God wants to build within each and every one of us. And, and so come back each week so you can learn about them, especially guys like Jehoshaphat, where you probably you don't even have a clue who he is, but he was humble. We know that. Come back each week. And each week as you do, remember this truth, that God is more interested in your character than he is in your comfort. In other words, God desires to move you from your comfort zone into the character zone. Because in the character zone, God can stretch you, okay? He can mold you, he can grow you and make you into the person that he knows you can be. Now today we're looking at Noah and you can find the story of Noah in the book of Genesis, but Jesus talks about Noah. He talked about him during his earthly ministry. Uh, you can also read about Noah in a chapter of the New Testament known as the Hall of Faith chapter. It's chapter 11 of Hebrews, where it says this in verse 1. Look at this. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, as you look at that verse on the screen there, you can quickly see, I, I think, why faith is not part of the comfort zone, but part of the character zone. In the comfort zone, uh, comfort zone, you do things that you see and that make sense to you. In the character zone, however, you're going to do things that you don't necessarily see, that don't necessarily add up or make sense, but you do them anyway because you are operating by faith. And that's, that's the story of Noah. Look at this, Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events 
as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So faith is the way, the means by which God makes you righteous in his sight. And it's because faith receives his grace as a gift. That's what faith does. It accepts this gift based purely on what Jesus has already done for you through his death and resurrection. But here's the thing about faith. Faith also allows you to enjoy an intimacy in your relationship with God. And that intimacy doesn't happen when you're in the comfort zone. When you're in the comfort zone, you feel kind of distant from God and you don't feel close to him. So there isn't any stretching or growing in the comfort zone. No, that intimacy with God, that, that growing and developing as a child of God, all of that happens when you live by faith in the character zone. And so that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at how God, who certainly is a faithful God, as Jamie pointed out a moment ago, but how God took Noah from the comfort zone into the character zone. And as Noah was building an ark, God was building his faith. And what I want to do for all of you is remind you how our faithful God can do the same, uh, same work in you. I'm going to look at these lessons from Noah's life, and I'm going to share them with you with the idea that God, by his power, can take you out of your comfort zone into the character zone and build your faith. So the first lesson that by which you can, by which God can move you into the character zone and grow your faith is this. Treasure God's word. Treasure God's word. When you read about the story of Noah in the book of Genesis, it just kind of pops out of nowhere and you start reading about Noah and of course he has a wife and you know, he has three sons and they all are married. But it says this in Genesis 6 verse 9 about Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time and he walked with God. He walked with God. I love that phrase. To me, that means he's treasuring God's word, what God says, like what God says to him in verses 13 and 14. God says to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine hearing that for the first time? How do you think Noah felt? What's fascinating to me is what it says about Noah in verse 22. Look at this. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. What? He didn't question God's plan. He didn't complain about how long it might take to build this thing called an ark. He treasured God's word and he obeyed. And boom, it instantly moved him into the character zone. For all of you sitting here, for all of you watching me online right now, I realize that, I, I, I understand that living that kind of a life of faith in today's world is hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's difficult. I also realize that moving from the comfort zone into the character zone, can it, it, doing that, you, it's easy for you to get tripped up with you know, distractions, um, pressure from your friends and your peers, uh, just flat out fear. Those things can keep you out of the character zone. But when you treasure God's word, okay, when you, when you take what is written, take to heart what is written in this book called the Bible, when you, when you treasure the wisdom and the truth that is found in this book, those words, 
Those words can guide you and direct you through every challenge, every obstacle. Look at this, uh, Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And I realize that this is a very familiar passage, but maybe a way by which you can treasure this particular word of God, that one we just, that I just read, with, is to memorize it. To memorize it, because it can remind you that treasuring God's word helps keep you in the character zone. It helps keep you on track with growing your faith. And, and when Noah... When Noah treasured God's word, it strengthened his faith in God and in God's word. And that in turn empowered, it gave Noah the desire to do what God wanted him to do, build an ark. But my point is that when you treasure God's word in the same way, right? When you take these words to heart, when you put them into practice, when you obey them, when you live them out, God will keep you, it'll move, God will move you into the character zone and he'll build your faith too. He will. And that's a life lesson you can learn from, from Noah. A second life lesson is this. Take small steps of faith each day. Sometimes people think that faith requires one gigantic leap. And it can, but it's not always that. In fact, actually, I would argue that God is far more interested not in the size of your steps as he is the direction of the steps of faith that you are taking. And what I really like is how as you take those small steps of faith each and every day, how God can use those small steps to train you and to grow you and to build uh, courage and confidence in you so that when you uh, get to those bigger steps of faith, you're ready to handle them. You're ready to take them in that moment. Still, taking those small steps of faith can really seem like a long, slow process and I'm sure Noah felt the same way, especially after God spelled out for him the dimensions of the ark. Look at this. God says, make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside it out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 450 feet long. That's one and a half football fields. 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. It's a big boat. Make a roof for it and finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. This is not going to be a weekend project for Noah, right? He's not going to get it done. In fact, some scholars think it took about 70 to maybe even 100 years. It was a long time. Yet each day, Noah took those small steps of faith and continued to cut down the wood, mill the lumber, measure the pieces, fit them all together day after day after day. And I'm sure there were times when Noah was wondering, is this, is this really worth it? Is, should I continue to keep building this, this big boat in the middle of the wilderness? I'm sure his sons were questioning him, saying, Dad, why can't we just build a deck like everybody else? You know, I mean, why in our... But Noah kept going. And he was able to keep going because he was taking those small little steps of faith. And you can do the same thing. If you want to enjoy a God who is faithful and grow in your faith, here are some little steps you can take that will grow your faith. And by the way, none of these that I'm going to share with you are new. First small step you can take is read God's word. Yeah. In order for you to treasure this word, though, you need to read it, right? So take five, 10 minutes each day. 
five, 10 minutes each day and develop a reading plan because that's, that's what's going to hold you accountable. It, it really is. So in fact, I've shared this app with you before, but I love this app. I, I've used this app for a couple of years now. It's called Read Scripture. It's free, has these little videos before each book of the Bible to explain what it's about, and it gives you a reading plan. Now, if you, whether you use that app or some other plan, read God's word. Get into this book every day. I guarantee just doing that, those five, 10 minutes of reading the Bible every day will grow your, all by itself, will grow your faith. Second small step, though, that you can take is to pray. And by that, I don't mean those long, drawn-out prayers. I'm talking just short conversations throughout the day with God every day. So maybe when you get up in the morning, right before get out of bed, say, good morning, Lord. Help me to be the person you want me to be today. See how that works? Just short prayer. And then throughout the day, just keep talking to him because that, along with reading God's word, can grow your faith. A third thing, small step that you can take is carry out random acts of kindness. So every day, be looking for ways by which you can intentionally help somebody else out. Maybe it's helping somebody with a project. Maybe it's, you know, when the the copy paper tray is empty, you go ahead and reload it. Staff, just saying. Maybe it's in a shopping, you know, you're in a, in a shopping, a grocery store and you got a shopping cart full of food and you see a person behind you that's got two or three items and you let them cut ahead of you. It doesn't matter. You just, you look for random ways by which you can show love and kindness to other people. But they don't have to be random to be effective. Uh, Jamie already talked about how this Saturday is Servant Saturday. And, and if you haven't signed up yet, please do so. I mean, in fact, you can go on your phone right now, go to our website and sign up. Or after the service, we have tables out there in the lobby area. We call that the commons. Sign up out there. You won't regret it. Joining hundreds of other brothers and sisters in Christ to be the hands and the feet and the heart of Jesus to the people in this community, it is awesome. But maybe you can't make it to Saturday. Okay, well, maybe there's a ministry area or a mission project you're interested in. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Just understand, each day you want to be looking for ways to serve people, whether it's a random act of kindness or intentionally, it doesn't matter, because that will grow your faith. It will. Fourth, fourth small step to grow your faith is to do what's right. Yeah, believe it or not, that'll help. You make choices every day. And some of the, most often those choices are small, right? Like, am I going to lie in this situation or am I going to tell the truth? Am I going to blow my top or am I going to remain patient? See, and, and as you make all of those small choices over time and you do what's right, that is going to grow your faith. It will. And here's the thing. As you consistently do what's right in all of those small choices, it will give you the courage, the power to do what's right in the bigger choices. 1 Timothy 1 says, cling tightly to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. You don't want that. So ask God to empower you to do what's right. All right, quick review. Life lessons from Noah. Treasure God's word. Grow your faith little by little. Take small steps each and every day. Third, If you're going to follow the lessons of Noah, then trust God with your future. Trust God with your future. When Noah and his family and all the animals went back and got onto the ark, they had no idea how long they were going to be on that boat. 
You know how long they were on that boat? A little more than a year. Woof, that's a long cruise. And it's just, it's a long time. It's 370-ish days a year. But you know what? It didn't bother Noah because he trusted God with his future. And he trusted God, at least in these two areas. He trusted that God would provide and he would protect. And God did. He did. God provided, for example, food for Noah and, the, and his family and the animals. Look at this, verse 20, uh, 21. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Beyond that, God also told Noah later on to, na- to just take one pair of unclean animals, but seven pairs of clean animals. Seven pair of all the clean animals. Why would he ask for seven? Well, certainly after the flood, uh, Noah used some of those clean animals for sacrifices of thanksgiving. But they were also, because they were clean, they could be used for food as well. So God provided, but God also protected. After Noah and the animals and everybody else got on the ark, it says this in chapter seven, verse 16, then the Lord shut him in. To me, that's a sign of God's protecting hand, protecting them and the animals from the the rain, the flood, any leaks, any potential problems that you might have being on a boat for a year with a bunch of animals, right? God provided and protected. And honestly, you, you know, when you trust God with your future like that, you can trust that God will provide for you and protect you too. He will. Why? Because as Jamie said, God is faithful, for example, let me, just, let me just say right now, maybe some of you need God, you need to trust God in an area of your life. So where would that be? Maybe you need to, um, God to provide, right? To provide something in an area of your career or your relationships, I don't know. Maybe you need God to protect you, protect you from stress. You're worried, you're, you're worrying yourself sick. Or maybe there is a health-related issue. You need protection from that, I don't know. Maybe you need God to provide for you full and complete assurance that your sins are forgiven through the bloodstained cross of Jesus Christ, that heaven is your home through his victorious resurrection. Maybe you need God to protect you from temptations or from the guilt that you're carrying from some bad choice you made 10 years ago, for crying out loud. Maybe you need to be reminded that God's love is unconditional and you can't earn it. You don't deserve it, but he gives it to you anyway because of Jesus. Whatever the scenario, like Noah, understand you can always, always trust God with your future. At the end of Genesis chapter seven, it says, the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. And then I love this next phrase, but God remembered Noah and he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Are there times in your life when maybe you just feel kind of like you're floating aimlessly and you wonder if God even cares what's going on in your life? He does care. You can trust him with your future. In fact, that that one, that uh, let me just reread for you Genesis 8 verse 1, where it says this. But God remembered Noah. Here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to take Noah's name out and put your name in. I want you to just say to yourself right now, but God remembered me. Just say that to yourself right now. God remembered John, whatever. It's just your name. Because he will remember you. He will always remember you. And when you live each day in the knowledge of that faithfulness of your God, it will build your faith. 
But there's one last area of God's faithfulness I want to address as well. This is at the end of the whole story of the, of the flood. It's in Genesis 9. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. This is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. He says, I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. God created a rainbow and stuck it in the clouds, in the sky. And every time Noah saw it, it reminded him that he could trust God with his future. He could. And so for Noah, God proves his faithfulness in a rainbow. And that rainbow continues to remind people of God's faithfulness to this day. But here's the thing. There's another symbol of God's faithfulness that's even more powerful. Because before the flood, God promised to send a savior, right? To rescue the world from its sin. And filled with love for you, me, and everybody on this planet, 2,000 years ago, God showed up in a little town called Bethlehem in the person of Jesus Christ. And through his life, death, and resurrection, guilt has been forgiven and eternity secured. And it's all because of what Jesus accomplished in this particular symbol. If you haven't figured it out yet, here it is in Colossians 2. Jesus forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. So yeah, the good news is that for you and me today, Jesus proves his faithfulness through a cross. How cool is that? Thousands of years ago, God told Noah to build an ark. And as he was building that ark, God moved him from the comfort zone into the character zone and built his faith. Today in 2022, God wants to move you out of the comfort zone and into the character zone where he can build your faith. And today I shared a couple of life lessons from uh, the character, a guy by the name of Noah. And I honestly believe that if you can take some of those lessons, like treasuring God's word, taking those small steps of faith, just small steps each and every day, and trusting God with your future, God will build, he will move you into the character zone and build your faith too. I guarantee it. So let me challenge you uh, in a couple of ways. Between now and next week, when we look at Deborah and her courage, first, let me challenge you to connect with God and his word and, and memorize Psalm 119. That's that familiar psalm. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Memorize those words and let them remind you that treasuring God's word can help you stay in the character zone and on the path of growing your faith. Second, start using those four steps to help your faith grow. I'm guessing you all want your faith to grow. So I gave you four, start using them every day. Read God's word, pray, look for those random acts of kindness that you can offer and choose to do what the right thing. It'll help your faith grow. And then the third thing is to think about Jesus' faithfulness whenever you see a cross. Whenever you see that powerful symbol, let it remind you of Jesus' love and faithfulness, which in turn will help build and strengthen and, and grow your faith in him keeping you in the character zone. All right, let's pray about that. Let's pray about that. Father in heaven, we thank you today for this lesson from the life of Noah. We pray that you will help us to take what we've just learned from this great Old Testament story and apply it to our lives. 
Lord God, as you did so faithfully with Noah, grow and build our faith too. Empower us to live it out in every decision that we make, every word that we speak, everything that we do. Father, we love you and we pray all this in the great and holy name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen.